Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Baka 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 Podcast. It's amazing how every time you open your mouth, you prove you're an idiot. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Baka Baka Baka. We're an anime podcast. Every two weeks, we come together and discuss a anime that we've watched in a very book club style format. And then we turn our discussion over to our comment section, to our listeners, so that you can chime in and join in. Uh, because this is not just about what we think. This is about everyone sharing opinions in a respectful and baka 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 style. And then when we say that. That's so mine is correct and yours is wrong. Yeah. That's right. As <laughs> compatible as respectful and baka 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 <laughs> can be. <laughs> Love it. So we are watching, or we had watched the second core of the first season of 86, known to some as the second season of 86, but basically it was episodes 12 through 23. Um, we had watched the first half in our last podcast and discussed that. So we will be discussing the second half, uh, along with spoilers eventually, what will happen through the whole thing. But before we get to the spoilers, before we even get to the reviews, I need to introduce my co-host. And first off, we have the flick to my bug's life. It's Jeremy. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I discovered a really cool podcast. Uh, they're called State of the Arc Podcast. And if you like video games and you like this uh, um, book club format, you should give them a listen. They're really they cool. Do they, do they owe us money? Do they steal our idea? No, no. But I mean, genuinely, like I've listened to, uh, they did a Vagrant Story uh, playthrough. They did uh, Final Fantasy VII. I haven't listened to that one yet, but they've done Final Fantasy VIII, which was really a shocker to me because I tried to play eight a little bit and it just always turned me off. I, I never liked it. And so I decided I'd go ahead and give them a listen and see what they thought of it. And they did a really good job of like breaking it down they try not to be spoilery, so as you go along, you're you're only getting what you're you know supposed to have played up to, and uh, it, by the end of it, I'm I'm actually inclined to be willing to try Final Fantasy VIII again, as much as I really didn't like it. Um, but it's it's really cool. They do a good job bringing not just their uh, um, opinions to the table, but they also bring some some research to the table that they do on like the development history. And who was on the team and and uh, any kind of like, in some cases, the tension or or issues that might have led to uh, certain decisions in the way that the game was designed. So let's not, let's not plug too much about like research and like going <laughs> no. the extra mile for your podcast. Right? <laughs> it's really cool, though. I highly so recommend them. Is uh, what is it? The is eight the Gunblade one or is that nine? Yeah, it's eight. Oh, okay. Guess, so is that Squall? Guess which one's yep. my favorite yeah. Final Fantasy game. <laughs> I couldn't get into that one either. Nine was yeah. good. I actually nine really like awesome. nine. Well, ten, is, ten is my favorite. All-time favorite. Which one? Ten. Yeah. Um, ten's number two. Yeah. Eight, ten, seven for me. Yeah? For mm-hmm. me, it's seven and nine and tactics. I um, Okay, so I love two and five. but well, two was awesome. Well, and then there's always six. <laughs> what numbers have we missed? <laughs> right. So I, I, so I, I mentioned a well, while I'm doing the whole everything right. I had never played before, and six is one of them. Six I have to play. 
because yeah. I hear it's so good. It's very operatic. Eight's eight's so fun. It's so wonky. Well, apparently eight was the first time that it was like not Hironobu Sakaguchi. It was he basically gave it over to the younger generation to just completely mm. do what they wanted. And so they decided to make it a school thing because that's what they could identify with and what they could have a passion for. And later, of course, they did other things because the same team worked on 10 and 13. But yeah, 8 was like their first foray into it. And it has a distinctly different flavor from uh, everything that came before and 9, which was still Hironobu Sakaguchi. There, there's a hook right there. Let's just going down a rabbit hole of 8. We got to we gotta yeah, go. There's an anime to talk about. We'll talk later. Yeah. All right. So we have the Z to my ants. Jason, how you doing? Um, I tried a new game that I've been following for quite some time called uh, Ghost Hunt. Um, I watched. Uh, they've been posting on the Reddit gaming subreddit for quite some time. Uh, their development progress. Um, it's. It's basically prop hunt with a sweet twist where the your one team's a ghost and one team's a ghost hunters, and then the ghosts will like possess objects to like hide, and so it's very phasmophobic or phasmophobia in that you get the tools from that game to like hunt them down, um, but then once you get discovered, you can either try and escape or you can try and fight back, but if the ghost hunters don't get all the ghosts before midnight and the ghosts become like enraged and they all come back even if they've been uh, eliminated. And yeah, so um, it can be a little frustrating, but it's, it's, it's pretty good. I I enjoyed myself with it. There's a four V one ghostbusters game coming out. That sounds, that seems very similar. And I saw the trailer for it. I'm like, wow, that makes complete sense. Like, very much like uh, Dead by Daylight. Yeah, Dead by Daylight, the game yeah, where yeah, you get the four yeah, survivors and there's a killer trying to catch you. Um, that kind of gameplay, but with Ghostbusters. It's like, yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. All right. Um, and my name is Troy. Um, I want to plug a podcast, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've been listening to the Sunny in Philadelphia podcast where... Uh, the three main guys from Sunny in Philadelphia, a show that I find very funny, uh, sit and they talk about, well, they, they try to talk about how they made each episode, but they barely remember anything. They usually just get off on random tangents. I really just enjoy watching three guys go through the creative process on a much smaller scale. I, I see what, like what we do here when we collaborate and, and, and talk together. And that's how they, they work very similar to what we do with um three guys and so if if two people like something and one person doesn't they do the thing or if one person likes something the other two don't they don't do it um and they just kind of work equally and have built their their show from that uh it is it is a delight to listen to them just ramble on about the creative process especially since they are guys who like literally made their show with a their own digital camera in their own backyards to start with, you know, wrote their own scripts, went to the network. Network's like, well, that's really cheap. Yeah, you can do it. Season two, they said, uh, if you get a celebrity to be on the show, we'll let you keep doing it. And so Danny DeVito joined. Um, and, and it's just, it's fun to watch them talk about that kind of stuff. So that's what I've been listening to. Does do any of them play a path of exile? Cause if not, I'm not sure that's a good, <laughs> a good podcast to listen to. Um, 
No. No, oh. I don't think I don't think any of them are gamers. Oh. So no RimWorld then either. No, no RimWorld. No, no. <laughs> no Final Fantasy 14. I've been playing Final Fantasy 14. <laughs> the farthest I've gotten in MMO. Usually in an MMO, I'm like two weeks in and I'm like, eh, eh that was a lot of fetch quest. Uh Final Fantasy, and it's just because it's Final Fantasy. There's still a lot of fetch quests, but yeah, yeah. I, I crapped out after two yeah. weeks. You you put me on a chocobo. I'm a happy man. <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk about our anime. We're gonna do non spoilers, but we thought about it again. We're we're specifically discussing the second half of '86 here, um, but you know there might be some other thoughts about the series as a whole. So, Jason, this had originally been your pick. So, what did you? feel about this half of the season it's interesting because the first three episodes kind of threw me off because it it almost didn't match the flavor of the first half um definitely definitely a flavor or a tone difference in those first three episodes but it real it won me back real fast uh one combat's just beautiful um <sighs> And the storytelling and character development and just making me care about these characters. Uh, yeah, they they did a fantastic job. I, I'm having a tough time being upset with those first three episodes. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I really enjoyed myself. Um, I think if you haven't seen this anime yet, uh, it's definitely on a, a top 15. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. All right, Jeremy, what did you think? So I didn't like it quite that much, but I did like it a lot uh, for the same reasons. Um, also, it, it definitely does a great job of pulling the heartstrings. You should you should be able to like predict where it's going to go a little bit or at least see where your heartstrings are going to be pulled. But it didn't matter. Uh, they still got me. And, uh, and, and like Jason said, you know, at, at the beginning, I wasn't necessarily super happy with some of the decisions they made, especially because they really pivot in what they're talking about. Um, you know, in the first season, they talk a lot about prejudice. That's kind of the, as Troy would say, the theme. And, but in the second half... Or <laughs> no one else would ever call it a theme. Only Troy. No. <laughs> Only Troy. Me. You the, jerk. Uh... <laughs> in the second half, it just kind of, goes a different direction. Um, but it's a compatible direction, and it's very satisfying. So definitely liked it. I, I, It was rubbing me the wrong way through that first half of this core of the season. Um, for, for what Jeremy just mentioned, I felt like the theme that we had been talking about, had been exploring... Uh, almost completely disappears. It shows its head now and then in little places. I, I, I was like, oh, that, that's awesome. That's, that's interesting. We should, okay, it's gone. Um, moving on, <laughs> I guess. Um, it picks up a new theme really, really quick. Uh, and I, I was just, I kind of was checking out and then I started buying into this new theme, uh, and where it was going, uh, and by the end, I was hooked. When the emotional beats that Jeremy talked about, they were hitting me. I was hook, line, and sinker going with it. I, I was, okay, don't cry. I'm not going to cry. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, it's a good season. I, 
I guess I <laughs> need to just let my expectations go a little bit more. I blame. I can't. I don't want to say yet. I'll say. I'll say in the spoiler section. Who I blame? <laughs> There's someone to blame. There's someone, and it's not me. <laughs> okay. I am not to blame here. It, it better not a be general me, life because... principle. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, will, I will get in my car. Not a person. <laughs> All right. uh, your guys' thoughts on the new OP and ED? I'm a little disappointed in comparison to the first. Um, I thought the visuals of this half were better. Um, and I thought they told the story a little better. Uh, music just was not as good for the OP and ED that I felt the score in the show though was on point, man. Uh, they know how to play an emotional beat with the music. Um, unlike like another anime we watched specifically about music. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, the, I love the way they play with the ED. Um, sometimes they do just a standard, black screens sometimes they play into it sometimes they do it like four minutes before the end of the end of the episode so yeah um i i actually really enjoyed the variants on the ed yeah uh same thing for me like when i when i first heard him episode one not really my cup of tea they just weren't they didn't measure up to the first season the the outro really like it just Sounded like wailing and was off key. <laughs> I really didn't like it, but <laughs> but uh, but just like Jason said, the way they used it completely changed my mind. And by the end of of the uh, second season, I actually really like that song. When I hear it, all of the things that have happened in this season are loaded into that song, and it's perfect for it. Um, for for the intro specifically, though, for me, that imagery is there are so many different ways to interpret it that I completely interpreted it incorrectly <laughs> and had a completely incorrect perspective on what was going on. So um, I liked it for that, but I also am kind of a little bit uh, resentful of that. <laughs> so I actually really loved that in the chat, Troy was like, this reminds me of another movie and I think it's going down this road. And he's like, yeah, I'm wrong. I'm totally wrong. Yep. It's, <laughs> nope. it's not happening. I mean, it might, it might, but it's uh, not. No, okay, again, no, no. I am not to blame. <laughs> Yeah. So I will lay the blame <laughs> in, in the spoiler section. Okay. Uh, very, very similar thoughts. I really liked the OP, but it did take me some time to win me over. I watched it every time. I watched the ED every time, and I didn't really get won over by the ED. Uh, when it's used in the story, though, it, it was great. Did they use the ED from the last half that as was, well? That was yeah. music that they did during the yes. that was soundtrack. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. Cool. Emotional beats. Uh, that, well, when that played, I was like, yeah, this song's better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that yep. did happen. Um, yeah, so that's my thoughts. I, but yeah, I, uh, same thoughts about the imagery as Jeremy, though. But I'm sure we'll we'll get into that when we complain. <laughs> yeah. All right. We are going to go into our spoiler section. Again, this is for episodes 12 through 23 of the first season of 86. But we will also be spoiling everything that's happened because we have assumed that you've either listened to or watched the first half. So please be aware of that if you're going to continue listening and we hope you do. But if you do need to stop here, completely understand who needs yeah. it. Yeah. Definitely recommend you watch it first. Speaking Don't of let... watching anime, what's our next anime? Oh, yeah, our next anime. Oh, cool. Um, I wrote it down. Call. <laughs> Sab... Sabuki Bisco. Is that how you say it? Sounds right. 
Now, is it just one through thirteen, or it's a, it's a twelve episode anime? Uh, yep. This is this was actually when it first started. Uh, Gabriel Dad recommended this to us, one of our, our longtime listeners, um, and Jeremy didn't know that when he picked it. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't told him. I just saw the visuals the, and I thought, oh man, this is really? really interesting. Th- this was your opportunity to be like, hey, gamer day, guess what we're doing? Yeah, I know. I well, <laughs> we're terrible. So, so <laughs> gamer dad also has mentioned that it goes a little studio trigger, and I didn't want Jeremy to know that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> entrapment. <laughs> you fell for my trap card. Oh. No, right. I still want to see it because. That's, it's still interesting. I'll have something to complain about, if nothing else. Uh, but yeah, no, that is our, our next anime, and uh, I, I've been looking forward to it for a while. Uh, it was, it's was it been on our radar. Yeah. All right, spoiler section for real now. Um, man, where do we start? We start with Lena. Uh, whose real name is something something Melise. She was the major commander of the Spearhead uh, last half. She is no longer in charge of Spearhead, but she has her a new unit, and she's now the best commander. And it's because she just breaks the rules. She's like, oh, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to use the mortars. I'm going to use the defense missiles. Uh, oh, you, oh, you don't like it? Well. Numbers look good because of me. And yeah. if you fire me, your numbers don't look good anymore. We actually get this scene where she gets scolded of like, hey, you're using like military equipment to help the 86. She's like, yeah, do something about it. <laughs> and it's no longer her uncle who's in charge. Uh, it is a new, new guy who got promoted and took his place. And and you can tell she's completely changed because she has a stripe of red hair now in her, <laughs> her white hair. She has... Been to the hot topics and she is ready to rock. <laughs> yeah, well, she has a new call sign or not call sign, but a new uh, nickname now, Bloody Regina. Bloody yep. Regina. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yeah, she she, she is... also got a demotion. Yes, because of what she did. And she just long hair, don't care. Mm-hmm. And we don't get to see her very much. She does play very important parts of the story, but this is not her story. Surprisingly, if you remember how the first season ended, uh, she's not going to be our main character. I really loved her development from the last season. But what did you guys think of Lena? Uh, I really wish there was more of her. But because of the direction of the story was going, I understand that they did this like protagonist shift. Right. They we follow this one character. We develop it with other characters and then we just kind of go with these characters instead. Um, I get it. I wish she was in it more, but man, does it pay off at the end. <laughs> um, I love that her conviction turned into, you know, this stunning commander that was able to rival the Legion and not just because she had cool technology, but because she battle experience and her care for her processors ter- turned into a real like uh, fire for destroying the enemy and saving her people. So I, I, I really like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, all of that. She was off screen for the vast majority of this season. So um, I really don't have 
too much to say, but uh, but yeah, it really paid off at the end. Basically, everything I'm gonna say echoes Jason's thoughts, except for I I I lodge it as an official complaint against the anime that <laughs> she was in it so little, just because her her situation after the first season and the choices we have found out she has made recently was fascinating especially when the themes we dealt with about prejudice so much in that first half and how she is just like bucking the trend she's literally colored her hair in in like a a sign of defiance against hey yeah who cares about the all-white hair um where she was and and this new attitude of like you can't fire me i'm too good um i really wanted to explore (laughs) her situation more i understand why she couldn't be the main character but the little we got of her just seemed tragic but jason's also 100 right the payoff is almost makes it completely worth it all right moving on we see uh our main character wake up in a hospital bed it's shin from the last season he didn't die, guys. Yeah. The guy that had imagery of his head off. Yeah. He, Deus Ex Machina his way out of there. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah, he wakes up. There's these government officials in hazmat suits who are like, hey, yeah, we found you guys uh, after you got defeated by the Legion and we saved you. And look, all your friends are alive and they're all there in the next hospital beds over behind glass walls. And and this guy comes in, and so we're going to talk about all these characters. But the the elephant in the room is that, especially me, but I, I know Jeremy, you were on board with me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, whose fault is it? Decadence. I blame decadence. <laughs> <laughs> that anime's twist was so good that I was like, oh no, you're not going to get me this time, anime. This is the Matrix. <laughs> I can see the code. Uh, there. They're actually brains inside of tanks, and this is just the indoctrination to get them to go fight yep. against the. And there are also clues, J- Jeremy. You mentioned the OP, so I'll let you you talk about the OP. Oh yeah, the OP keeps giving these this dichotomy of images, where you have an image on the left and an image on the right, or an image on the top and an image on the bottom. And in these images, you have one of destruction and one of well, not necessarily utopia, but at least of peace, and. In some of them, it's like uh, an explosion and a guy drinking wine and celebrating. In another one, it's the same cityscape, but it's destroyed. And then on the top, it's it's in good condition. Um, and so it gives you this sense that you're being presented with two images, two ideas of reality. Uh, so one of them obviously would be the Matrix, and that would be the the pristine one. You also get like how it's showing the tanks and it's got like this glamour shot of the tanks and then all of these dead soldiers standing in front of them, which presumably are the people who he's been carrying around the the name pieces from. And instead of having heads on their shoulders, they've got heads in their hands and they've got flowers sprouting from their heads. And in my mind, I kind of interpreted that as, you know, they're seeing something prettier than it really is. Right. Their their mind is being filled with images keeping them pacified the flowers um but that's not what it was um (laughs) and so it it was just a combination of a lot of that that really made me think this is all fake this is all trickery there's a scene coming up where the 
they're kind of going about daily life in this peaceful city with no like they're anti-prejudice in this place and it seems like paradise and yeah for, like for the 86 and it was like there was just a couple moments of like uncanny valley for the for for the kids and it was just like no this ain't real like yeah <laughs> this this is too nice yeah. like well, okay why well, i i'm on to your show exactly especially since we didn't get any information lead up about this other country we just heard hey there's voices the voices are quiet over there i wonder if anybody else has survived and then all of a sudden you have a lab and they got there in time to save all of them and it's like okay this is too good it has to be a story it has to be fabricated uh not now so the clues all the stuff you guys are picked on uh, then they, they're like eventually they're let out of the hospital we're going to talk about the guy who the president but he's taken to their home and they're like oh look they're protesting how you were treated. There's a bunch of people who love 86 just happen, you know, one month later have already organized in the street for you guys. And I was like, uh -huh. wow, that's, that was quick. Um, and then the other part was Theo was having trouble drawing. And I'm like, is that because he's now a computer and he can't be creative? They kept showing him just like staring at his paper. And I'm like, Ooh, that's a thing. And then at the end of this episode, the president, Ask his maid, do you think people can be replaced? And she's like, yes, humans. I have to find, like, she just, she literally says the word humans, like she's not right. one. And, right. and we do that while we're staring at a reflection of her in a cup of coffee. And I'm like, well, that's the most computer <laughs> dialogue I've ever heard. Clearly, yeah. we're in the Matrix. <laughs> and if you remember last time we talked about this anime, I was like, no, I know that the Legion aren't actually AI. They're going to actually be people with uh, white hair and it's all going to be a flipped reverse. And the, and the anime is like, no, it, it's what I said it was. And again, <laughs> the anime is like, no, I am telling you what is happening. Quit trying to think you're smarter than me. And touche, anime, touche. Yep. All right, but now we need to talk about these characters. So Shin wakes up. He's alive. He is our main protagonist right now. Um, more than even before last time so your guys thoughts on shin in this this half um uh man he his his story his exploration in purpose because like he finished what he wanted to do like three episodes before the end of the last half like what he he I, I've never seen an anime character be more disappointed to be saved in my <laughs> life. Um, nope. he, his, his story is so compelling and I just love the deep dive exploration into he, th there's this great conversation that he has where he's like, everyone's telling me about what they want after the war and where they want to go and what their desires are. I have none of that. So why am I here? Like, Yeah. I I really enjoyed this character. He didn't resonate as much with me, but I did think it was really interesting to explore something that most anime don't ever touch on because, like you said, the characters reach their goal and then we're done with the story. And sometimes we have characters like Shin where the goal is the only thing they're living for. And we've wondered before, what happens to this character after now that they've done this? What are they going to do? And this anime did decide to follow that. And... and and in his case, especially, it was interesting because, um, you know, two factors of his story. Not only did he reach his goal, but he also finished carrying these people 
because he left the container with Fido in the first season, right? And that was like him saying, okay, I'm, I'm finished. This is going to be my end. This is where it's all over. I've carried you to the end. And his end was still on the battlefield. Um, and so with the way that this plays back in later where, okay, that wasn't my end. I have no idea what my end is now. And I've already dropped them off. There's now like, uh, uh, a symbol Memorial. of them, a memory of them, because they've they've erected a statue, or not a statue, but a big name wall. Wall, yeah, wall. Thank you. I want to say monolith. So yes, thank you, wall. <laughs> and uh, and so they've been given honor. They've been given a resting place. And I mean, he holds on to his brother, showing showing that you know he hasn't completely moved on. He still has like, okay, I don't know what else to live for, so I'm gonna have my security chunk of metal with me that has my brother's name on it. Um, but yeah, it, it is, that is pretty interesting and I do like what they did with it. Um, so I was, I was pretty cool. I was born in it. Molded in it. (laughs) (laughs) Nice reference. Very topical. (laughs) You know, I'm, I'm here for the pop culture. There you go. On top. I don't get to complain about that, though. I know. <laughs> right. Ants. Give me a break. <laughs> um, what really, at first, I was like, dude, we get it. <laughs> like, they kept, how many people in this anime stop and be like, don't you think you should, like, try to live? Yeah. And him being like, leave me alone. You just leave me alone. They just kept having that conversation over and over. And that felt a little over the top mm-hmm. but later they start kind of peeling back the layers and revealing that it's a combination of the abuse he suffered at his brother's hands who who strangles him blames him for everything and then leaves him behind and this gives him a huge complex about being abandoned and then the com- compounded now with everlasting survivor's guilt because everyone he meets is like I'm going to die and you have to carry on without me uh, and carry me on. And so it's not that he's suicidal. It's just that he's he wants to be done being left behind. And the only way to do that is to be the next one to die. And he's like, I'm sick of everyone dying, but not me, because it's just more and more and more abandonment. And the way they paid off at the end, well, I don't want to talk about it till we're at that scene, but mm-hmm. that's that's where the emotional moment hit me. I was like, oh, that's that's so well done that they how they set this up. Um, and it was a it was a good theme. Again, I still kind of feel like we dropped the ball on the old theme, but this was a good theme to explore too. You just wanted it to be Matrix. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I, I I already admitted that. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Um, all right. So I I want to talk about Ernst as well. So Ernst is the president of this country and this country is. So what happened is there was the empire of guy guy. There was an empire. Yeah. So you need to know there's an em- there was an empire. It's now a federacy a federacy. And these guys had come from the Republic and they all have names and I'm not going to remember them. <laughs> So the Empire was trying to take over a bunch of stuff. And so the, uh, a civil war, a rebellion broke out against the Empire from within. That Those survivors are now the Federacy. And then again, the Republic is where all the um, 
86. 86 and the Alba? Alba. Alba. Jessica. Uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Jessica's. Uh, all the Jessica's lived. That's right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they're, they're like, hey, yeah, we're the survivors of that. that uh, we had turned against that evil country that had started the Legion. We're way over here and we found you and we're totally not racist. So you're welcome to be here. <laughs> um, they, But when we the see them like in private conversations, they're like, we should probably just kill them. <laughs> we don't know <laughs> who they are or what they are. Uh, but this Ernst guy is genuine in that he believes in the ideals. He's the opposite of the uncle major that we general we had seen in the last half who was like, yeah, ideals you can't make happen or are stupid to chase and this guy's like no we we are based on ideals and we're nothing if we're not going after those we're nothing if we're not upholding them and i kept waiting for like the the shoe to drop but it never did he was actually just a good guy who believed in the <laughs> the bs he was selling and that was really cool and i really liked him for that but what did you guys think of ernst i i don't know he almost was like too good to be true kind of mm-hmm. nation leader uh, sure. No, that's yeah, like we're Americans. We totally get that. I, okay, so <laughs> right. as a character, I really liked him. But you don't become that kind of politician without some dirt or without mm-hmm. some stomping, right? Um, so it it rubbed me a little bit wrong, and I was hoping that there would be a little more pushback or rebellion from his men that were uh fearful as because they they set up a couple of the characters to be very like underhanded right but they didn't end up be they just had a deep voice or something yeah <laughs> so and some of them talked about it but what are, what are you gonna say Trip? there's a little bit of supplemental information that i found out because i was having trouble keeping the country straight um you had mentioned like hey the world building's really great and i'm like i don't understand the world at all i don't understand relationships between countries so i looked it up um he the reason he's in charge is he was the leader of the rebellion and now he's just he's like he's the temporary president until they figure out what they're gonna do okay uh but because they're in the middle of the war they don't have time to do that but there is actually behind the scenes this big power struggle going on of nobody wants him in charge um okay so that makes a lot of sense that gives a lot of context to like some of the scenes and how it's going yeah um so that's why he can kind of strive for his ideals he wasn't elected he was just he's he's de facto yeah he was the guy leading the fight and so yeah he's interim president that's that i think he's a great like anime background dad kind of character um i thought he was ultra cheese like (laughs) he was so cheesy um you know you have this relatively I would say very serious, but it definitely has its cheesy moments elsewhere, too. But but to bring in a character like that that's so drastically different was a bit jarring to me, um, especially because it it forced them into this situation. It was almost like the writers were saying, OK, we've put these kids through hell. Now let's put them in heaven and see what happens, you know. And I mean, obviously, that's hyperbole, but it it was such a it, it almost seemed like it was just this intentional how far in the opposite direction can we go and you wind up creating a character that is more difficult to find believable um go ahead yeah i i agree with you that he was tough to like swallow as far as a believable character what i liked however was that exploration of 
what happens when you put child soldiers who have been through absolute hell and put them into a loving, caring environment. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they, like, as we see, they strive for the battlefield. Like, that's yeah. their home. That's what they know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the, uh, we find out that they're, the Ernst is told, like, hey, we're not replacing our soldiers as fast as the Legion's replacing theirs. So it, we yeah. may win today, but it's going to be a slow demise. And they're kind of at this crossroads where they're like, we don't believe in child soldiers, except you guys are really good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we could really use you. And and they're like, hey, we want to go back, which is good. Yeah, they're begging to go back the entire time. But I, I agree with you, Jeremy, that he was he was a little tough to swallow. Yeah, I, I can happily concede that he's not realistic in any way. And I can definitely see how that would make him a little bit tougher to watch. Um, but like I mentioned with him being the opposite of the uncle general mm-hmm. from last time, I just really enjoyed seeing the opposite side of that coin. Cause we had talked about when he expressed his views, like how frustrating that was like, Whoa, that is completely yeah. BS. That is nonsense. Yeah. Um, then to, to see the opposite side of the coin and then he's trying to live up to those ideals through his actions, um, and how that helps or, and how it chafes against the other military leaders who are like, um, can you not right now? We're trying to win a war. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. So after a month in the hospital, they are they are released. They've had their communicators taken out of their ears, <laughs> um, the the para raid device that uh, Lena had used to talk to them with, so that the, the this new military can study it. They're also studying their uh, juggernauts, and they're like, um, these are terrible, but also really efficient. And they're like, yeah. That's what they are. <laughs> they are aluminum coffins that are really good at what they're made for. Uh, and then they are taken to Ernst's home. He adopts them officially. So he is now their father. So they have a, are, are legal members of this country. And we meet another little person that he has adopted. And it is Frederica, who has quite an interesting backstory herself. Um she is the empress of the nation that built the legion. She says she started the war, but they kind of call her out like, you're 10. There's like no way you could have done that. So I'm assuming she's just taking the blame for what her parents did. Uh, you guys' thoughts on Frederica? I thought she was a good addition to the story. Um, she's... Jeremy, I know you liked her a lot. Why don't you mm-hmm. start? I really enjoyed this character. She's spunky. She's got a lot of attitude. She's funny. Um, but at the same time, you know, those are the things that seem to match with her age. Sometimes she shifts into this like maternal mode that was very interesting and really weird, too. Like you don't expect it. It's a little bit jarring. But then when you find out that, oh, OK, so she's an esper. She's been reading people's minds, basically. Maybe not words, but at least images. Jason, what's another word for that? Just... Um, I don't know. Ex- technologically ex- advanced. An Xavier? Psychological something. So, uh, anyway, go on, Jeremy. Sorry. <laughs> Effervescent. Okay. Um, <laughs> and so maybe she's picked up some things from that because, you know, it's possible that she learned 
some of the wisdom that she has from her training as a, as an empress, as a little, little girl, but she's awfully young. I find that difficult to believe, or maybe she's stunted. Maybe she's actually much older than she appears to be. I don't know. I doubt it. But, um, but the, the point was that it was interesting to watch and she brought a lot of the scenes that were either, uh, for comedic relief or in many cases also for, um, uh, helping to culture um, Shin's character arc to try and pull him in the direction that he needed to go to try and show him what he was being similar to where he might go if his trajectory stayed the same um, or at least what she saw. So yeah, I, I found her to be pretty interesting, pretty funny. There were a couple of moments that uh, absolutely cracked me up, which I'll call out when we get there. Um, there were also a couple moments that really like, um, didn't seem realistic, but uh, but it was it was good. She's, she's a fun character. I yeah. She normally these kinds of small, um, you know, little sister style of characters usually don't jive well with my tastes. Um, and you know you get the cutesy you know I'm throwing a fit because I'm a little girl scenes and all that, but. Yeah, the wisdom that she portrays, I can kind of hand wave because of the, uh, you know, the mind thing. She, I, I don't know. What, what do you call that? Anyways, um, because if you think about it, if she can read your memories and she can read like all of them, she could almost live another lifetime through memories mm. in that moment. And as she develops and as she ages, she's able to make more and more sense of it. And being a child, she has less inhibitions on what she's going to say to people. So, um, you know, there were some moments that were funny. There were some moments that were a little irritating. But I actually found her really, really uh, led well to good storytelling within the group. Mm -hmm. As as just a little side note, just because it's fun to think about these and explore them a little bit. Um, I wasn't thinking of it as uh, she had a different rate of reading than living. I thought of it as one to one. So like she would have to give up some time in order to spend that amount of time viewing somebody's past, which would kind of imply that maybe she just did that instead of playing, but not necessarily going through their life in in an instant. Um, but the other is possible. Um, that is really interesting. I hadn't considered that. When she activates her powers, her eyes glow glow red, and I thought she was Fido reborn. <laughs> no, that I one mean, crossed my mind. <laughs> it, it could have happened if they were in the Matrix. I thought that was the nail in the coffin. They're like, oh, I got this. Frederica, Fido, both begin with an F. She F. loves Shin. You're not getting this past me. <laughs> and her eyes glowed red, which is yeah. a big thing in the OP that people's eyes glow, glow when they're in robots and... You know why yep. they glow red? It's because it's a technological thing and not like a supernatural. I'm, oh, I'm just saying. That's Probably. I, I, before I give my impression of her, which will actually be pretty short, but I need someone to help me with the mascot slash hostage situation oh, that allows her to be on the battlefield. Yeah, that's one of the things I didn't like. <laughs> but I mean, I understand what they're trying to do. It was a, It's a convenient way for the writers to basically... 
um, have her present in situations where she would normally never be present. I got but that. It, yeah, it also creates a, a sort of, hey, these guys are so great, but what about this practice? How's this? <laughs> so, so, And they even call it out. They're like, we don't really like this, and we don't do it as much anymore. It's an old tradition. So when they were rebelling, they would steal, they would kidnap important figures and force them to be with the military units so they couldn't be attacked. Is that what the practice was? No, it was to keep the soldiers from leaving the field because if they left, they couldn't protect the little girls. They would literally just take innocent children. I thought yeah. it was because she was from the other country. It technically uh -uh. counted as a hostage. No, I think this was an empire practice and it was yeah. part of the tradition. Um, mm -hmm. And so that's why, because, the, yeah, the guys in the lunchroom, they were like, I thought we didn't do this anymore. This is a really old tradition. Why are they doing yeah. this? Ah. And being such an old tradition, they've still got all the little chairs in the little room. <laughs> like, it must not be that old. But I guess, honestly, it hasn't been that long. It's only been a few years and they've had other things to deal with. So maybe they just didn't clear them out. But still, uh, I liked her as a character. I didn't really like her purpose in the story which is really to s give us an attachment to a villain which feels forced because it has to go through this extra character we had to force into the story um last time the main the main antagonist would have been shin's brother and of course there's that connection of hey he strangled me once and then he abandoned me and then i need to save him because the one thing i can do for my brother and now mm. it's like hey it's like your third cousin but this girl knew him and she's really sad about him being out there. So mm -hmm. that's the same, <laughs> that's the same level of connection. Um, it my, probably my biggest complaint is that the villain connection with Shin felt very watered down compared to last time. Like we should have started, totally with started with that guy and then do the brother. <laughs> yeah. Even though this guy no, has totally... been a villain since the first half, he's he's made cameos or little little hints that he exists. I'll kill I, you. <laughs> I disagree with the way the story ended up playing out because if it was his brother at the end, we would not have gotten the purpose exploration. True. Um, the way that I saw it was his enemy is really just leaving the battlefield right? right it's just not something he's ever going to do so i kind of saw this other character this kilia as being just another bot on the field this one just happened to be a little smarter so in that way and I, look just I like totally him agree with and you. have his <laughs> have a slight familial connection <laughs> exactly yeah like it's not really he didn't seem like an important villain to me. He just seemed like a, a, a boss for the level. Uh, also, so we see these kids going on with their lives. Uh, they were kind of living civilian lives. We see... Um, Quite unhappily. <laughs> Raiden's like a delivery guy or, or moves furniture. Uh, Anju is in cooking classes. Karina shops a lot. And, and Theo <laughs> doesn't draw like he should. <laughs> Oh, I love how they all have their skills and hers is shopping. I mean, obviously hers is fashion, which is legitimate. That's cool. But just, you're absolutely right. Like the way that it crossed my mind was like, oh, she cooks, he draws, he's got a job and she shops. She's <laughs> like, good at spending money. Yeah. <laughs> Someone else's exactly. money. 
I yeah. did want to talk about. I don't feel like anyone got First. a really a lot of character development except for maybe Raiden. But I wanted to talk about Raiden, Anju, Karina, and Theo uh, from last time. What you guys thought about them in the second half, uh, Jason? I think Raiden was your favorite character, so I'll let you start. Yeah, he, I his development. You're right. They didn't get much of an arc this time around, but uh, Raiden stood out as a an amazing supporting character in my opinion, because not only did he call Shin on all of his crap, but he made Shin justify why he was feeling the way he was, why he was making the decisions he was. He was like, you are looking to leave. You're looking to leave at any opportunity. I can see it in your eyes. We've been together a long time. Um, and yeah, I, his, and of course, you know, during the quiet moments, his 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 demeanor is just you know almost comforting to watch. Um, so yeah, I I really enjoyed Raiden. Um, and uh, Karina, she was cute, and I wish there was more interaction with her and her feelings for Shin. Um, we get a little bit of that, but unfortunately, it it wasn't as much as the first half. Um, and I do like, uh, I like where it's going with the, he seems to, like Shin seems to have this emotional connection to Lena and uh, Karina really doesn't like that because she wants to be that. But, um, you know, maybe in the second season, she'll grow up a little bit. Then he'll have his harem. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's, it's not a it's not quite a harem enemy. Um Yeah, I, I really liked that the uh that that the laughing fox Haru, I think. Is that right? Theo. Theo. Theo? Theo, okay. I really liked that Theo was not able to draw because it just showed how this was so far out of his comfort zone that he could not be creative. Um, or, or it's very <laughs> tough to draw while you're a computer. Yeah. And and so that was really cool. Um, and uh, other than that, um, you know, I was uh, a bit frustrated when they reused the same tactic later on. But they, they these guys were just. I don't know, they were just there. They didn't really make a big difference to me. We do need to address that because we like at the end of last episode, we, we like hit the brakes. We're like, we need to praise this. They're killing characters. Yep. <laughs> and then. Twice in a row, it was like, "Would you? Everyone yes. lives." <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. I mean, I, I really want to address it fully after we get through the second time. <laughs> I just wonder how many listeners who've seen the whole thing listened to us last time and were like, "Oh no, <laughs> yeah, oh, they're not going to be happy about this." <laughs> um, and I wasn't. <laughs> so- the one I want to touch on uh, was Karina, just because I felt like she got pushed to an even farther back role because of Frederica's existence. Because there is an actual young, naive child with the group, the character who is representative of the young, naive uh, trope uh, doesn't really have any purpose right now. <laughs> we have a, we actually have a real little kid. So, well, she was you, a good sniper. You go, she was. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I I must have not picked it. Maybe I didn't pick it up, or maybe it wasn't really shown that they had like individual roles. Like Anju was the missile girl, right? 
and Theo is like the acrobat that plays right. in escapes. Yeah, I didn't catch that the first season either. When they did that this time, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool that they actually have like specific skill sets. And... Well, I know Karina was the long range in the first half, but you're right. The others were like, I, I thought they were all Shin's backup, yeah. basically. Equivalent, yep. I will say that watching the way these mechs move just made me think of like Mech Warrior Online playing as a commando. <laughs> You're just like, oh! <laughs> running all over the place. I thought of ants. Clearly. Oh, yeah, that's with the cannons. True. Yeah. Ants with guns. <laughs> um, we see Shin meet a a young um, Alba, actually, whose name is Eugene, and he has a little sister. And they meet in the library and he, he, they kind of get to some talking. And then later, Eugene tells him, hey, I'm volunteering for the military. And we start seeing like military parades and stuff. And so kind of the war has been kind of stalled out for Christmas. And now things are getting to ramp up again. And so uh, our main characters are like, hey, life is boring. <laughs> this isn't this isn't what we're here for. We're meant to fight, and so we want to go back to the war. And Ernst is against it. Frederica talks him into it. And then she's also like, I'm also going with that mascot situation. Um, mm. And the the one thing Ernst says is like, you, okay, but you have to go to officer school. You can't just become grunts. That, that'll help you live longer, I think. So he they all enlist together, and they leave together it would also give them opportunities when they got out yeah uh also frederica mentioned this is where she reveals her true identity and that the there's a knight her knight her literal bodyguard uh died protecting her well didn't die protecting her protected her failed protecting her and then he just wandered out into the legion forces to die so that they and they took his brain he's he's out there and so he's our, our antagonist. Um, we see Shin piloting. He he's, does crazy piloting, so he gets in trouble, even though it was helpful. He does like a flip to avoid crashing with a tank operator that messed up. Uh, and they're, um, they're not juggernaut. I'm not going to try to pronounce what they, this country right. is, this country is German. Something and so, leaf. And so everything has like, yeah. <laughs> like letters Legendary. I don't even recognize. <laughs> I'm like, nope. Yeah. I didn't catch the that the Republic was French, that they had French names. They're like La Morgar and stuff like that. Again, that came from that came from Wikipedia looking up countries that uh yeah, yeah. the yeah, they they were French based and this country is, is German based. I did like how they had the argument of no, it's the Bergen leaf, and it's like, no, it's a juggernaut. It's a a juggernaut. Bergen, a juggernaut. Uh, yeah. All right, fine, it's a juggernaut. <laughs> uh, he, Shin is in the same cla- class of training as Eugene. Eugene is warned to stay away from Shin because he's dangerous, and all the 86ers are um, training with prototypes, which are based on their old juggernauts. Basically, they're, they're stealing apparently in training killed 12 people? Yeah. Yeah, they're they're a little intense. Yep. But they're better than the old ones. 
At least they're aluminum <laughs> coffins this time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're taking to the, the memorial site that we mentioned where there's the wall with the names where Fido had died. And Frederico reveals they rebuilt Fido. They built a new Fido and they put uh, old Fido's memory in it. So Hooray. even Fido's death is undone. Yep. Fido's Apparently back. he refused to turn back on until they mentioned Shin's name. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just like I a, still don't know what in the world Fido is because like he was there when Shin was a little toddler. So yeah, what was he? Well, if they're in the Matrix, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is actually where my theory starts falling apart because Fred, I was like, Frederica is Fido, Frederica is Fido, and then Frederica is like, here's Fido, and I'm like, wait, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's all, it's all falling apart. Um. No, we 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 see how Shin comes across Fido on the battlefield as a child soldier. Yeah. In the but first then half, we see footage. No, no, no. We we, we see him go up to him with like destroyed tanks all around. Yeah, in the last episode, we see a bunch of recording, just like we got in that episode where Fido died. Right, where he's really small. So it's all it's all Fido. But we see one where he's a toddler, and Fido's recording him in his home with his parents. Which would have been before 86 were ejected from the city. How did he get those memories unless they're connected? <laughs> well, I mean, Shin doesn't see himself. But, but... <laughs> but you're right. That's, that is a little weird. Yeah. It's like maybe his dad built him for him to protect him or Shin, something. Shin, Shin gets his gun back. The gun he uses to <laughs> shoot people in the head when they're dying. Um, then we see Eugene's unit get attacked and Shin ends up saving them. And when they come back, they have lunch together and Shin reveals that like all the 86ers have been split up. Their unit has been split up. Um, this is explained later of like, if we have them all together and just being awesome, people are just going to not like them even, <laughs> even more. And, and then we'll, or we'll overuse them or, you know, it's just better if we just kind of sparse them out and kind of keep them busy and, and spread out. So Shin's alone, and he has this lunch with Eugene and Frederica, and then when they get done talking, uh, Shin's like, hey, the bad guys are coming. (laughs) And then we see Eugene gets killed, and Shin does his Reaper thing to him. But what's really interesting, he takes the (laughs) – this is messed up. He's like, take my sister's picture. So he has a locket with his little sister, um, Eugene does. And he has to walk over to where his hand <laughs> is lying separate from his body to pick it up. Um, and then Eugene's other friend shows up and he's all pissed off. Like, wait, did you just shoot him in the head? Um, and Shin gives him the dog tag. And it's like, you take care of this. And he walks away. This is the first time we see Shin say, I don't want to carry this person on. He does not include Eugene. I was totally expecting him to cut a piece of armor out of his out of his mech. Right. He doesn't. Which which is showing that Shin, like, I don't want to do this role anymore. I don't want to be that guy anymore. Um, that was good. Um, yeah. And then he's like, oh, I got to go. There's another attack coming. <laughs> So basically, they're they're on the front lines, and then eventually he gets posted to a base where Raiden also shows up. And they're like, yeah, they're pulling all this eighty six back to the same location. Something's going on, um, and their their leader, the official leader of their squadron, whose name is Wenzel, a young woman with short blonde hair, 
she actually like formally requests, can I put my unit back together again? And they're called, they're now called Nordlick Squadron. Way better than Spearhead. Well, they'll get that name back later. <laughs> kind of. I don't stand in trouble like, what do I call these five? Because they're not all of Nordic Squadron. There's a Nordic Squadron is a lot bigger. They're not the mm. only 86 in the story. They're they're no longer officially Spearhead. <laughs> there is an actual real Spearhead out there. We could call them the Nordic Tracks. <laughs> oh. Nice. <laughs> but not hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> Are they still around? Yeah, they do the yeah. yeah. <laughs> Peloton really just kind of solo paired Thunder, though. Uh, there's a weird scene where Frederico is walking around in her nightgown and everyone makes a huge deal about it for like five whole minutes. Yeah. And I was like, all right. She's yeah. she's like a 16 year old little girl. Who cares? It's a proper Japanese, you know, they're German. Thing. Yeah, that's a good point. They're German. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, eventually they all do get reassigned back with Wenzel. Um, I guess it's that she's the Empress, but nobody's supposed to know that. So like, yeah, I don't know. They're sent out to the Western Front, where that is, of course, where legions come from. Is the, the country to the west? Um, she tell we learn more about Kiri Niozin. Now that that is the villain's name, the knight that Frederica's. Oh, I thought it was Kilia. It's Kiria. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, now I gotta look it up. <laughs> What's with an R? Is it one of those R's you say with an L? That is a thing, isn't it? The L and the R kind of share the same thing. So <laughs> it's a da, da. Yeah, it's an R. Kitty. Alright, uh, and then the last scene in this episode is, is writing telling Shin, like, hey, I know you warned those guys. you got to be careful. You don't want people knowing you're psychic. Because if people find out you're psychic... Wait. Is that what they said? I believe, yes, that it is confirmed he is psychic, Jason. I'm pretty sure he said power. Maybe maybe you should never question me in the middle of a podcast again. Because a couple episodes <laughs> later, they're just going to show it on the screen. Might as well have just said Troy is right. <laughs> I'm I'm sure that doesn't happen. It's, it's fine. All right. All right. Then we see the the Legion beginning their massive offensive, which is literally this giant mass of them. They're splitting on the roads. They're going to every country, and, and there's two other countries over where the Federation is that they're allied with. All three of them are working together to fight the Legion. And then there's the Republic all by themselves on the other side of this whole thing. Uh, and the Legion are going to all of them. They just do not care anymore. Um, Shin... In fact, I think this is the first time we hear a non-human Legion voice. Is that right? We, uh, is it No Face that you're talking about? Yeah, No Face. Yeah, we hear like this commanding voice, like all units move out kind of voice. And it's obviously somebody that's got great control over the Legion. I don't know if it's a human or if it's right. that that is the AI. That's all that's all I was going to point out is we don't know who that is yet. But we did all we also hear Kiri talking to him later and receiving orders from him. And he's called No Face. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Shin wakes up Raiden and he's like, hey, there's a lot coming. Do not connect to me um, in the battle unless you absolutely have to, because I've been used to this for a while now. And this is overwhelming me. Like I'm I'm struggling with how many are coming. Uh, the the fight begins. And Nordlik, of course, is already ready. They go out to the front lines and they're helping. Uh, and really, we just get some really cool in the middle of a ruined city warfare between Legion. We haven't really had too much fighting up to this point. So this was this was really refreshing. And it's even prettier than it was last half. Production production value went up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, all the Federacy tanks were all like brand new and like. The juggernauts were just kind of these broken down, almost X-wing looking things, and these things <laughs> from the Feder- uh, Federation are just like shiny and like straight off the conveyor belts. Like, it, yeah, it's like they shifted from World War II to modern day. <laughs> right. We siege, or at least Top Gun. Yeah. It's funny. They even in that meeting, they even pointed out what you pointed out last time that these things were made for speed and agility, not safety. Yeah. Yep. yep. Uh, this is our our first battle where Shin goes a little berserker mode, and literally Frederica is she's always sharing his vision. She's always seeing things through his eyes, hacking into his brain with her her powers. Um, huh? And, do you hack with being a psychic? Yes. Just just asking. Just asking questions here. Just... <laughs> uh, wasn't there an old RPG, like a cyberpunk RPG, where you could hack with psychic powers? Well, I mean, Shadow... oh, Watch Dogs. But... Watch Dogs, that's not psychic. <laughs> Shadow Punk, or is it? No, just... Shadow Run has both, but they don't really. They don't work together. Not really. I mean, let's you can have per- a character with both. Let's pretend they do, so Jason's wrong. Okay. All right. I see how it is. <laughs> I mean, in the next anime, there's going to be someone who does it. <laughs> the way That's you're true. Going. I have a feeling in the next anime, though, we're going to have power levels based on emotion, which I'm just going to wa- love watching Jeremy squirm. <laughs> well, hopefully that won't be till the last few episodes, and so I'll have a lot of like, hey, this was great. We'll find out. We'll find out. Um, again, this kind of becomes repetitious. Like, he is... He, again, he's not suicidal, but he's also super eager to not survive the battle. <laughs> and Federico gets very upset with him. Um, then we jump back to Lena. Yeah, she's in this still. And um, we see a bunch of 86 dying uh, in their in the 86 district, actually getting attacked by Legion. Um, and Lena sees reports on the TV that, well, like a warning goes off on the TV, like, Hey, everyone, emergency, emergency. And then all the drunk generals are like, what, what's going on? And she like instantly turns around and goes right back into work. Uh, and she's going to get to, to work, but her uncle stopped by and he's like, this was such a great confrontation was. He he basically is telling her like no you can't do this you can't she's I'm gonna let the 86 in the city they're going to defend us he's like they would never do that we have been so horrible to them there's no way they're gonna come in here and risk everything for us and she's like I'm not giving up and he he picks up a gun and he tells her I'm gonna buy you as much time as I can 
And she has this moment of hesitation, like, am I doing the right thing? Should I stop him? And then she goes straight into, nope, I'm going to be badass and, like, gives him a salute and, like, lets him go. I, yeah. I thought that was fantastic because a lot of times anime will, especially with the female characters, they'll get all emotional and, like, no, uncle, you know, let me save you. And no, she's just like, no, let's get this done. We got a job to do. And I, I really like that about her. Yeah. I thought it was interesting, too, because in the end, the uncle stayed true to his uh, the values that he had espoused, where basically he's saying, OK, I hope that you break and you have to suffer and see what the reality is going to to put in front of you, like how what the end is going to be, because it's not going to be pretty no matter what. Um, and then he cowardly, which I mean, honestly, it is honorable, but it's also cowardly. If he's a general, he has a lot more than a gun at his disposal. So we're either having to assume that he took the gun and now he's going to go and issue all these orders and stuff, or he took the gun and he's going to go out and fight on the front lines or whatever. But if she's supposed to be in control, essentially bringing in the 86 and, and, and whatnot, it just kind of seemed like he was going out to intentionally die so that he would not be there to deal with the decisions she was making rather than leading those decisions himself. Which maybe wouldn't little, have been true little, to his character. Maybe a little A, a little B, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's really interesting, because he says that about the, I, I, you're going to smash up against your dreams and they're all going to be broken. She takes it as a pep talk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she, she does. She's like, you darn tootin' I am. Now let's get this done. <laughs> I like a challenge. <laughs> I'm going to smash him. <laughs> yeah. which, which, which I'll be, admit, what made, left me a little confused. Like, did he say something positive or negative to her? Because she's acting like that's pushing her forward. But she's just indomitable. Yeah. Uh, not only does she activate her pararite, she attaches a new, <laughs> like a cra- looks like a crown. Hey, symbolism. Oh, yep. <laughs> attaches Queen to Regina. it. <laughs> and now she can talk to all the 86 at the same time. And, and her brain doesn't get fried. <laughs> brain doesn't get fried. And she basically commands them like, hey, come into the first district. We got a, a war to fight. Anyone who's willing to fight, please, you know, I'm here to maybe, lead you. Maybe she's got a similar power <gasps> that this thing doesn't fry our brain. Maybe. I think it's the tech, though, because her scientist friend is now a friend the, again. The tech so. is literally made to copy the power. What? <laughs> All right. I'm just saying. That's how her brain didn't fry. You see her. Yep. <laughs> you know, if it was it was supernatural, it might it might not even work at all. Yeah. Literally this says, makes sense. This is psychic <laughs> on the screen, Jason. <laughs> this is a soapbox. I will die. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We see her leading the defense. Um, the, the, the Legion also get into the city. Uh, and actually, at the end of this episode, we see the city's lost. The, the Legion technically wins. Then we come back to Shin whose base has also been hit by the very same weapon that killed like the sixth and seventh members of Spearhead in the first half. The same orbital strike long range cannon that they were like, whoa, we didn't know that existed. Um, 
that's it's back. I guess I assumed a little bit it was Shin's brother, but it's not. It's this guy. Um, so he had a little bit of a cameo in the last half. And he blew up this base, but it, uh, Shin's fine. And he managed to protect Frederica from the explosion. The one like thing 20, about this, other people died, but this, he's fine. Yeah, this cannon is super powerful. It cannot kill you if you're a main character. You are completely yes. invincible to it. Yes. <laughs> you can take it point Even blank and point be like, blank. yep, yep. Tickled. Uh, I did like that they end up having a theory on this weapon that it has to replace the barrel to fire again, and that just is not true. I actually like that they were wrong with their intel. Uh, The Federation does do a missile barrage on where the attack could come from, and they know they've damaged it, or they believe they've damaged it, and they have a limited amount of time to get out and destroy it before it's operational again. Now, if they can only hit the two-meter portal, <laughs> it's not much bigger than a Womp Rat, but they can get it. They can, if they use the force, psychic force. <laughs> Jeremy, I don't need you getting on this train as well. <laughs> Dog pile. Uh They also name it Morpho, so it will be called Morpho from this point on. Um, so is that Fido's brother? Never mind. And Nordlick is chosen to be the unit who leads us. Now, there's a bunch of arguments now that start happening of like, hey, I noticed that those guys we're kind of racist against are the people we chose for this suicide mission. But there's also the compelling argument that they are the best unit to do that. And also we figured out that the one guy is psychic and can see when the enemy is coming. And so all these Are different. Are you sure characters. that's what they said? <laughs> yeah. Yes. They're literally on the screen. Shin. But, no, no, no. But in Psych. this conversation specifically. Well, I'm, there's actually a bunch of conversations here, so I'm. I'm... I, just, I don't remember in this conversation the use of the word psychic. And this is how you use technicality to debate. There, there is a character <laughs> who's. There's a character in this whose name I never got. He's the. He's one of the top generals, and he's the skinny guy with the longer hair. And yeah. he's, he's kind of like obvious as a slime bag, but he also owns it and totally is aware of it and is cool with it. Beep, and then beep. at the oh, end, yeah. he's talking to Fido going beep, 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 beep. And I'm like, yeah. do I like this guy? You know, <laughs> he's been a scumbag the whole time. But now he's I liked his justification for being scum um, because he says specifically, like, we want to take advantage of every tool and weapon we have. We want to keep every tool, tool and weapon we have, and we're going to use the best one for the job. But if it breaks, it breaks. Mm-hmm. Like it, it was very utilitarian, his viewpoint. And um, I like that he used that kind of as a shield of I'm doing really terrible things. But with good purpose. <laughs> But he also ends up like, oh, we are going to rescue them. And they're like, wait, I thought you didn't care. Well, no, I don't. We're just going to rescue he, them. He, yeah, he's like, I don't care about their lives, but they're great soldiers. We, right. It would be a shame to lose our soldiers. He also at one point goes up to Wenzel and is like, hey, remember how the guy you were going to marry died? <laughs> Should have tried to marry me. <laughs> yeah. He <laughs> just yeah. says that to her. And I'm like, it's. You're a total scumbag, but also, I kind of think you're cool. <laughs> Ballsy, man. It, it sounded like they've had history and like they were a thing. Right. And then she finally rejected him and went with this other dude. 
right. who, who then died. And yeah, he's and he's sure like, well, he's aware. I'd still be around <laughs> as your husband if you'd pick me. That's so messed <laughs> yep. up. Which is really interesting because, like, one of his arguments is the exact opposite of that, right? Like, so in this one argument, he has affection for her, right? Which would put him in a situation where he cares about a soldier that's on the field. And in this other situation, he does not have affection for these people, which is the rest of the population, right, of soldiers. So he's able to use them as tools. And that's a good thing. That's a valuable thing. This is the reason why you don't want to have nepotism in, like, a military unit or anything, because you can't. You can't put the preservation of a specific soldier or even a group of soldiers over the others unless it has to do with better unit tactical usage. So, like, seeing that was really interesting because I totally understand why he's making a decision that's going to put them all in serious danger and then only thinks of them as tools. That's very, like, that's a military tactic. It's the right thing to do. Um, you want to save them, but it doesn't mean you're going to be able to. Um, but then I to, at the same teams. time, turn and be like, I... I want to I, I would have married this soldier just kind of is like, well, you're not as much of a, a pure tactics, pure machine logic usage of your soldiers as you think you are. That's a fascinating thing. And I want to twist it a little bit to apply to the theme from the first half, which they, they do. Mm. They are, that's what they're doing here, too. Um, so the 86 are obviously not hated for the same reason. Uh, the Republic, yeah, the Republic mm -hmm. is for, but they are still, there is still prejudice against them. We, we hear a soldier accidentally over the radio say, like, oh, I hope those 86 die or those dirty 86. Yeah. Uh, because again, they see them as murder machines, monsters. Uh, they're not much different from the Legion. They're just, you know, kids who are raised to kill. We can't trust them. Um, so, when they're making these tactical decisions, they're like, this is the most efficient unit. But also, there is this underlying thing that how we all think about these people. Are we sure we're making this decision for A and not B? Yeah. Kind of opposite of nepotism, right? Are we making this decision because it's the right tactical move? Or are we making this decision because these we know these people have no families to write home to that when they die? Um, are we taking the easy way out? And, and it, they never come up with a solid answer, and it seems like everyone has a bit of a different answer, but it just kind of explores that idea of very much of what you're saying, how it, it's important not to care so that everything can be balanced. But when there's now this underlying thing, uh, 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 this prejudice that runs deep, it's not even on the surface. No one's running up to them and saying bad things or treating them differently. But now every decision they make, they do have to question is there prejudice in there <laughs> or, uh -huh. or did I make this completely? Big? And, and when this, came, when the theme came back, I was like, okay, this is actually pretty good. Um, mm -hmm. I thought this was a good exploration. Again, it just, we're on episode 18. It's been gone when it was yeah. the main theme. <laughs> yeah. There's like these little sprinkles of like images that, that have to do with it, but that's it. Like billboards and things like that. Right. But, but yeah, even like in what you're saying there with a the situation like that, the question is then like, if you stop and you think, oh, is it because of this prejudice, maybe subconsciously, then maybe you're going to wind up protecting them in order to counteract a prejudice that never existed in your head. <laughs> you know? doesn't, doesn't the one guy say to um, Ernst when Ernst is asking him, like, remember you said you wanted him dead? Is that why you're doing this? And he's like, uh -huh. are you overprotecting them because exactly. of this? Yes. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. I love that exploration. It's very cool. I 
I found it kind of weird, though, that a lot of the military guys that started calling them monsters was only after they saw them in this first battle, in this first wave of mm-hmm. that came up, and they were able to just, you know, the five of them just absolutely dominated the battlefield. I don't know about you, but if I'm in a war where, you know, we're standing face-to-face, guns blazing, and people on both, you know, people are dying on this side and machines are dying on this side and we're losing attrition. And then this specialized group comes in and just starts wiping everything out. I'm cheering those guys on. Yeah. I'm not saviors. calling them, you know, nasty names. Like that sure, didn't make a lot of sense to me, but you... I get why they were like, wow, these guys are monstrous machine killing machines. Like I get that part, but I don't know. But does anyone invite master chief over for Christmas dinner? Would he <laughs> accept? <laughs> But that doesn't mean they want him dead. But yeah, true. true. All right. Um, so the mission is basically the main army is going to attack the Legion so that they can sneak around behind and get to Morpho. And Wenzel has she gets permission to use this prototype. It's a hovercraft. <laughs> They're like, it's a plane. It can only go this much off the ground. I'm like, okay, that's mostly a hovercraft. Uh, and it, it looks so like the Spruce Goose from what I remember how that used to look. It's, it's just a giant mass. What's the Spruce Goose? Wasn't it the biggest plane ever built, but it couldn't actually fly? It was just in a museum. Uh, wasn't, there, wasn't that called the Spruce Goose? Don't worry about it. It, it probably was. This is not worth diving into. <laughs> yeah, it totally is. But I do think that there's uh, low air travel planes. I think that's a thing. I've, okay. I've seen it before. So, but yeah, basically this thing is going to fly super low, super fast, and then drop them right into enemy territory so they can go attack Morpho. Wenzel's like, I'm going to fly it. Uh, Frederica's like, hey, I want to come along, and I'm really super worried about you. And the, I actually don't have many notes because there's a, there's a long conversation between Frederica and Shin just re-going over every character point about him just so we're all on the same page he's freaking out because eugene's sister is sending him nasty letters but the mission starts they launch they get dropped the ship is almost immediately shot out of the air after that and they go and they start fighting the morpho um and they they're attacking it and they're winning and then the and then Frederica calls out, "That's not Morpho," <laughs> and, and Morpho's on a, a mountain over there, and he fires at them and catches them off guard. But they do manage to dodge thanks to Frederica. And then Morpho or Kiri is like, "Oh, there's that guy." I forget it's another German name, but it's Reaper. He's like, "I see Reaper. I want to get Reaper. That was my job. I want to get Reaper." And of course, Shin's like, "Oh, I'm gonna go die fighting this guy. This is gonna be great." <laughs> And and they both he gets get this back. creepy smile on his face when he like gets lost in battle, and it's really yeah. disturbing because it's such a departure from what we know of Shin. Like we know he's like mm-hmm. this standoffish, you know, walls up, but like he like it almost puts this gray tone over the shot, and he just has this like just creepy, almost horrorish kind of smile of it's go time he even makes mention in a couple episodes later that like this is almost peaceful like this is where i belong and so yeah it's and everyone's calling out to him and he's just ignoring everybody 
Yeah, the name that the uh, that the robots and that, that Kirio was using for him means one eye, and it's a reference to Odin. So mm-hmm. it actually is kind of cool because the the um, Juggernaut and now this new version of the Juggernaut, they always had that one eye. So it's pretty cool. I do like that. They're both co- these cousins are not allowed to fight. They're both called away by their separate side, um, and so. Morpho, though, has to stay on the train track. So they're like, okay, we can go after it. We can follow behind it. And so the rest of the group they leave behind, but just the 86ers from Spearhead, they continue on the journey. After a while, uh, their first stop, they call and report in to that same creepy general guy I mentioned earlier. And they hear... Yes, I love this. So they hear something happening from uh, Fido's carrying cases behind him right and uh, as they approach you, you hear meow 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 and it just gets more and more panicked and desperate and then it starts like hissing and everything and you know that it's frederica's voice and it just cracked me up because like you know she's psychic so she can tell that they know she's in there and her ploy is not working but she's still <laughs> doing it you know in a little feedback loop there and uh yeah and so they open it up and there she is boom so Shin gives her the gun. The It's not just a gun. It's the gun, right? Um, gives that to her. So he's like, yeah. And then she has to ride with Raiden. And they're arguing about, like, someone should take her back. Well, the only person that could take her back is Shin because he could avoid the Legion forces enough to do so um, because there's a bunch of forces behind them. And he's like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm going to keep going. So Frederica's forced to ride with Raiden. Uh, they stop at a train station um, for the night, and we get this really big conversation between Raiden and Shin, where Raiden basically calls him on his BS. He's like, you're out of control. That last fight, you were going to get yourself killed on purpose, and we all can see it. you you got to get your, the, your stuff together. You should take the girl, and you should get out of here. We'll do the mission. Uh, and Shin's like, no, you guys should all go. I'll just go by myself. <laughs> exactly that tone (laughs) i'm not doing what you said i'm just gonna go do what you said now exactly Uh, what i loved about this scene is the visual imagery underneath them while they're on the bridge we're looking straight down at them and there's two train tracks running side by side but one veers drastically left all of a sudden um that this anime does that over and over and we also keep getting a scene of uh like a giant bug like a fly getting eaten by little ants over and over again I'm not always sure what they mean. The train <laughs> no, tracks make What does sense. the fly thing mean? Well, it's either the attrition of the Legion versus humans. They, they you know, we, the Legion can make more robots before we can make more humans. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or it's that they all need to work together. Ah. Because so, they're the ants I, and he's the sick. But I don't gotcha. know which one it is. I took it as the ants were the people that he's been having to reap oh. and every time he reaps somebody they take a piece of him with them i like Ooh, that and much like better. he's continually torn apart That's and nice. and right now he's just a husk of his former self and everyone can see it oh i like that one That's also cool. crows there's always crows around symbolizing these characters like whenever like there's two people talking there'll be they'll show two crows but at the end they become doves and I, I don't get the symbolism of that. <laughs> well, I guess Odin had two ravens, right? So 
Maybe it ties more to that name. I have no idea. I don't know why it does. I don't know why it does. Anyway, very cool visual storytelling, and I really love but, that you can give you something to chew on. But like, um, Aju, Karina, and Theo are eavesdropping, which there's a hilarious scene of Theo holding Karina. But they make mention that until that moment last half when Shin pulled the rock face down to go fight the Legion by himself, until that moment, he was never overtly suicidal when he Mm -hmm. went to the battle. And something changed, something switched. And it's interesting that it happened right when they got their freedom. Like, they got out of calm range. He had, he's, he'd done what he wanted to do, and he put his brother to breast. And now he's got basically as much freedom as he wants. And now he's just lost. And he, the only thing he knows is battle. And it's, that's what I find really interesting about this arc is it's his friends trying to pull him back from that. And this scene on the bridge was so impactful to me. Um, I loved Braden calling him out and being like, dude, come back to us. You, you are not the person I know you to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's actually really interesting how like all of these characters, because they've all been child soldiers, they all have that sense of, you know, the end is going to be on the battlefield. The end doesn't happen somewhere else. But during that time that they spent in the city, uh, in in the the Federacy, um, they all kind of had to make that decision to come back and prove that that was what they thought, that their end was going to be on the battlefield. But now that they've been on the battlefield, they're remembering the Federacy fondly. They're remembering, you know, well, that was kind of nice. Maybe it would be cool to go check out a, the ocean or something else, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's starting to get them to think off the battlefield. And maybe that is something I can't remember exactly if in the first season I noticed she asked, like, what they're all going to do when they get done. And some of them did have ideas, things that they wanted to do. But it seemed more emphasized this time when they had this big, long talk about it afterwards about wanting to go see the ocean. And so Shin is like the only one that is left who still sees the end as being on the battlefield. And that, I think, is is the major shift that has to happen where the main character, not main, main character of the first season, <laughs> Lena, um, winds up being the catalyst for changing that so that it's no longer on the battlefield. Uh, he, after the discussion where they talk about going to the ocean, he's talking with Frederica again, and he's like, I just don't want, I don't yeah. want anything. And he's like, all I know is that they're all going to leave me behind again. That's, mm-hmm. that's all I can think about. Yeah. Well, on this bridge scene, he, he, you know, right and asked him, like, why are you trying to go get yourself killed? And he's like, I wasn't trying to die. And he's like, yeah, but you weren't avoiding it either. And I, <laughs> I was like, yeah, talk about calling him out. Oh, yeah, this was one of my favorite scenes. Uh, in the next episode, they can they're almost to Morpho and Legion forces are starting to come around them. And Morpho's actually been ordered to take them on. One one quick thing. This is the scene where he like thinks about the major and then walks away from her and says goodbye, right? Because he's confident that she's dead. I think that happened earlier, but that does happen in the story. Yeah, that is really important, oh. too, because she's another person that left. Right, because they had heard about the Republic getting hit mm-hmm. and, and they mentioned her a few times. There was one thing I think we missed. Um, Killian 
wants to engage the 86 and just annihilate them in the battle before this scene. And he's called by the, the commanding voice. We're talking about the no face. He's like, turn around. You need to, you need to come back. And he's like, no, I'm going to get him. He's like, no, you come back. And he, and they have to take remote control and yeah. like do a command to like, Hey, stop rebelling yeah. <laughs> or get him to turn around. So now the the battle's on, but one by one, in a very tropey way, uh, they all get it's hey, you guys go on ahead. I'll be the next one to stay behind. And they we have to get through it so fast. It's like the next scene. I'm behind. Okay, I'll stay behind. Okay, I'll stay behind. Yeah. At first, Anju falls down, and so she's like, "I'll I'll handle everyone behind us. You guys go." Then they reach a city and feels like feels like I'm the best in the city, so I'll just stay in the city. And then. Uh, Morpho starts attacking him with or- orbital bombardment, and uh, Karenna's like, "Well, I can stop that with sniping." So she she gets blasted by the super cannon, and she literally disappears off yep. their radar. Yep. Like she's gone, she's dead. She well, is okay, dead. so hold on. No reason to question that she is they, dead. They show, or they they specifically called out that when the shot came over, it was disrupting electronics. So, okay. Okay. And then Raiden's uh, ship gets hit and it's critically damaged and his arm gets hurt. So they get um, Frederica out and they put her inside Fido or the the case behind Fido. And and then Fido's told to stay behind. So Shin then reaches Morpho, fights him alone. Um, Frederica is calling out to him, trying to warn him like, hey, he's a crazy pilot, too. Even though he's in this big centipede like tank, he's also like flipping it and spinning it like like Shin would. Uh, so they're they're equals on the battlefield. Which came out of nowhere, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also it's got these wings from a distance, but come to find out they're laser whips. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I wanted to touch on that because last time they fought the brother and he had liquid metal that he could use. And this guy has laser whips that he can turn into hands. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why didn't he have the liquid metal? <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't he also have that? Um, but no, yeah, he has laser whips. And why isn't he just turning into a T-2000 at this point? Right? <laughs> uh, Shin gets out-piloted, but he's saved by Raiden, who's able to get there, and then is blasted by the super cannon. Point blank. Point blank. Again. Shin uh, keeps fighting. And now I need help with this one. Guys, the missiles... He get, the Morpho gets hit by miss hit by missiles I from behind. I swear those are from the Republic, right? Those they are the look same like ones. Republic bombardment. And they I was are. like, oh, so was that Lena? Yeah, I think so. That yeah, that was that was Regina. So this is where because the the Federation forces are still a ways behind. They're probably an hour out, and so Regina's forces show up first, and. Yeah, they they start bombarding this thing. And one thing I I wanted to... It it is so visually cool to watch Mm -hmm. these missiles come in, like go Merv, and then they turn into like little discs that fire down. Yeah. It's cool looking, but what? That does not like that. Look, at this this point, the music just does not need to be there. (laughs) <laughs> but the music's thumping, and I didn't oh, care. I was like, this, I, I was, so 
Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> yep. Uh, Frederica jumps out, and first we see him think he sees her, and then he really sees her, and she's like, you're being an idiot. And then she puts the gun to her head, and she's like, you gotta save me, because <laughs> you're the knight. And he reaches out to save her, and that gives Shin the opening to get in. He's got one shot left because his, yep. his gun jammed. He's got one bullet. He jams it into the wherever the brain's going to be. He fires. But then there's a predator self-destruct sequence. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, but he, he gets thrown away, but it seems like Morpho saves him. In the in the visions, but then there's not you know I never saw anything Morpho did to save him. Right. Well, yeah. one thing you need to understand about this scene is Shin has uh, plot armor, and so <laughs> here's this thing. This thing. Uh, the best. The best was when Jeremy's like, "I'm kind of mad he didn't die," and I'm like, "Shin agrees." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So he, like this has been because. Okay, the explosion still goes off and Frederica is still like standing right in front of it. And we get that shot of her at the end of that episode being like, oh, no. And then, boom, <laughs> you know, and so then we see Shin's inner, inner thoughts of like, everybody's dead. They all left me behind again. And we see like Raiden and all of his team and we see Frederica is there. And I'm thinking, oh, man, they're all dead. And they did. They died one by one. There's no way they could have survived. Well, you know what? Fool me once, anime. Shame on you. Fool me twice, anime. Shame on me. I should have known. I should have known. But it did fool me. I genuinely thought they were dead this time. I didn't. Because they didn't die on screen. Not a single one of them. Like, no one even paused for a second to be like, they died. They're just like, oh, they died. Moving on with the story. I'm like, yeah, that's not. They're not dead. I I didn't believe they were dead for a second. <sighs> I did. I thought because there was too much plausible deniability and all the important characters that died were dead on screen. So I guess that was... that's true. I, I just didn't see plausible di- deniability when you have like the massive howitzer that took out an entire base in one shot, like 20,000 people in one shot hitting this aluminum, now maybe steel coffin, point blank range. I wow, it just. Mm. But you know, it also had a really good impact too. I thought, okay, so they saved them once before, so now they're going to finish them off, and that's really going to hurt. And it did, and it felt right for the scene. Mm. All right. <laughs> Shin Shin has, while he's unconscious, he has a dream of all his dead comrades thanking him. Meanwhile, there's a shadow version of him who's like almost fourth wall walking through the animation cell being like, nope, you deserve to die. You're the worst. You have no reason to live. Um, That was cool. Yeah, I was was really digging it. This This whole sequence goes very well. And then he wakes up and and he's all pissed off. And then there's one legion left and it somehow is also Kiri. And he's like, I had a little tank ready to go. You're going to die sucker. <laughs> and, and Shin's face is like terrified, right? Like he's terrified, but he's also like, okay, kill me. And it, <laughs> it was so bizarre. They're drawing him. Like he's like, Oh no, but he's saying words like, here it comes. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but he is saved. He's saved by Lena. Lena shows up. Um, and, and he's so disappointed. <laughs> Yeah, he's yeah. so sad. He's like, it was my moment. 
so he doesn't know who she is. She doesn't know who he is. He's inside the thing. She's like, hey, why are you on the battlefield alone? Like, he's like, oh, everyone else got fallen behind. But you guys, you can come with us. We'll we'll get you safe. And she's like, no, I'm, I'm not going to quit fighting. I, I have to. I promise these people I would keep fighting. She means, of course, Spearhead. Um, and she activates her para, which connects to his new para because the his military has copied the technology. And there has been scenes we skipped over this. He keeps hearing her voice in vital scenes. And it was actually her commanding her units when she activated the the crown attachment, uh, reaching their copied technology, kind of like you know getting a little bit of static from the wrong station on on your radio. Uh, and, and he's thinking that it's the Legion version of her. Right. Which is just horrible. Right. He realizes who she is and she's talking about like why I have to keep fighting. And they, I promised these guys I would follow after them and find out what happened to them. And she reaches into her pocket. And this, this is so well done. He has kept his brother's name in his pocket. And in the same pocket, she pulls out the picture of all of Spearhead that she keeps, including him. Which means, and they don't say this, but he's been carrying everyone. And for the first time, he sees someone has been carrying him. Someone didn't leave him behind. Someone was willing to go with him. And he starts crying and starts bawling. And I got emotional. I'm like, that's such a good dramatic tie. (laughs) I don't get emotional at anime. And man, this this scene was rough. Mm. And it's the picture and the drawing of her as a pig from the first half of the season that she found the desk at the end of the first half was what a hail mary perfect catch yeah from there to here to tie those two stories together and themes well done yep Yep. and then he's about to he's opening his cockpit just to let her know who he is uh but then legion are coming so he shuts it and he's like no i'm not going to tell her and then a bunch of people Come and rescue them from... I love how he, tra- he struggles to get the thing to stand up. He's got no bullets because he used it on the Morpho. Mm. He, his blades are destroyed. It's like, well, what are you going to do? He's missing, like, half of his legs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he gets a call from Wetzel. He's like, yeah, just so you know, everyone survived. And they're like, yay, we didn't we didn't abandon you. <laughs> and he and then a bunch of bullets again. come and, like, hit. And that's when the... Feder- uh, Federation, Federation forces yeah. finally get there and like take that over is. the battle for them. And they rescue Lena and her people. They rescue Shin. They rescue all the 86. And and he's like, yeah, I don't want her to know who I am. And Frederica, who was protected from the blast by Kiri, she shows up and she's like, oh, I, you like her. <laughs> I saw you crying. <laughs> uh, he's like, you were eavesdropping? She's like, ah, psychic. And it was kind of funny because Ernst is like, send her back. And he goes, I'll throw her in her box. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's going back. <laughs> and then when they get back to the base, uh, everyone's making fun of Shin. They have a recording of him talking with Lena. So they just, rude. They just like dead eye stare at him. Play the recording. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> See, and that's where like as much as I'm complaining that they did not kill them twice now. <laughs> Um, it it worked so good this way. You had to leave them alive because it had to be that, you know, these people that he thought he was carrying because he thought they went on ahead of him didn't. They all survived. 
we it's Christmas again. The, all these um, our main characters, eighty six, return to Ernst's house. They all tell him their home, uh, recognizing that this is now their officially their home. Um, and, and they go back to their kind of civilian activity. Shin even learns how to cook. Now they've pointed out Shin can cook. He just doesn't care. Like he doesn't care about flavor or anything. So you don't want him to cook. And he actually sees him trying for the first time ever. Um, <laughs> he had eggshells. Yeah. What is it? An- Anju's like like screaming at Raiden. Like, <laughs> Look, he cares. He cares. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it has good taste. Um. And then Ernst is like, I know you guys want to keep fighting, so I've, I'm proposing we make you a special, a special unit of you guys, and you're gonna have this foreign commander. I don't know if this is gonna work. It's this weird foreign <laughs> commander, and they, they all see the name. The anime tries to pretend like it's being coy, like who could it be? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but all the '86 are like, yeah, that'd be great. Um, and then we get a scene of Shin visiting Eugene's grave and talking about how, like, I still don't want anything. But I know they all wanted something, and so I can fight for what they want for now until I can figure something out. Um, and he has a nice scene where he gives a picture to the little sister. And also the the other friend who had gotten mad at him is like, I'm the one who made the little sister write mean letters to you because I was so mad at you. Uh-huh. And so they make up. Shin also puts his brother's name with the rest of the other names that he had left behind. No longer carrying anybody. Um there's a discussion about his insignia on his tank and how they're going to change it. Mm-hmm. And at the end, it looks like it didn't change. Yeah, I thought so too. It, it did not. See, he finally decided he was going to accept it as I, I'm i not the Undertaker anymore. I'm the Reaper. And But it says Undertaker on it. Does it actually have the word? Yep. Oh, okay. Well, maybe, that, maybe I interpreted it wrong, but basically... There was a little bit of a back and forth, and he finally decided, I'm going to accept it, but under my new meaning, I'm not going to be carrying people anymore. I'm just going to be reaping the Legion, basically. Hmm. Then we go back to the Republic, uh, and we see Lena collecting, well, she collects the, all the pictures she had drawn of Spearhead, um, and her cat. The, the cat survived. Uh, we, also, we also see how things are in the Republic, so all these colored hair people serving food to the homeless now uh, Alba who were like can't, can't you give me more <laughs> you're not treating us fairly it's not fair and it's just all like if looks could kill <laughs> all I did love that like all the people behind the counter are looking at him like really did you really just say that right now yeah they even use the term equal like can't you treat us equally <laughs> <laughs> Come on, guys. Uh, Lena is assigned, surprise, surprise, to the Federation. She's going to get her own special unit. We don't know who it could be. Oh, God. I oh, love She's going the to? Really? I love the pictures on his desk. So this superior officer of hers, when you have the people from the Federacy have come into his office, and he's now having her come into the office, he's like, yeah, we're going to assign you over there. We need a foreign representative, a foreign commander it shows you the pictures on his desk <laughs> it's like him and he's got the big politician's grin and he's got his yeah. arms wrapped around a couple of 86 kids that are both like scowling at the camera but he's got this massive grin and then he's got this other grin that and it looks like he's with his family but it, it's a it's a woman a colored woman right she's got the colored hair and then right. a kid and both of them look upset too and he's got the same dumb grin <laughs> 
<laughs> I was laughing so hard at this. Uh, so yeah, she's uh, also has a conversation with Annette, her her scientist friend from from the first half. She's had a few scenes, but that's about it. And they're testing out the pararade, and she's like, "Oh, their pararade is based on ours. The only way they could know that if there was eighty six. Again, we're really stalling. <laughs> yeah, obviously coming. But Annette reveals, "Hey, I'm also going with you." to the federation you know you need me to work on the parade uh so i'll be coming and then she's taken to the memorial where fido had died where the the names are put she puts her own box there next to it with the faces um and she's like promising she won't forget them she won't forget them meanwhile then we see fido recording and and all the the 86ers of spearhead are like oh this is gonna be great this is gonna be hilarious we're just gonna mess with her And, and my favorite is Ernst is like a boy meets a girl. <laughs> like he's yeah. got high hopes for, for he's shipping. I love that. There's a character shipping, shipping in this. <laughs> um, anyway, th- then the, the scene plays out just like you'd think it would. They, they go all and salute her and she's like, Hey, I'll be your commander. And they're like, yeah, we, we all know you. It's us. And she starts crying. Yeah. Uh, and says hi to everyone and gets to finally meet them for the first time. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and one of the coolest ending final frames is like her hand and shin hand. We just see the shadows of them, like they're almost like they're reaching for each other. But his makes an eight and her makes a six, and so we see the eight six. That's very cool. And that's I, the actually end. I love Federica's photo as yeah. like the end end shot as it fades to black. Yep. Um, that was really cool. cool what shot. was it? I don't recall. Huh? It so she you know right after the eighty six shadow thing. Frederica is like hanging from Fido. She's like, let me take a picture. Oh, we never see the picture until the literally last two seconds of the episode. Guys, Frederica likes to take pictures and has red eyes and Fido (laughs) recorded everything he ever saw. How are they not the same person? (laughs) This is just a really long con by the Matrix. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Let's go to our final reviews. Jason, your thoughts. Um, I have some nitpicky things. Um, I'm not going to go over them because I absolutely loved this anime from start to finish. I love the first half. We explored uh, oppression and child soldiers. And in this one, we uh, explored depression and um, the child soldiers again, but also like acceptance of oneself. Um, plus the really cool character building um, for this part. I'm definitely giving it a five. For the whole thing, I give it a five. Uh, I love this anime. Um, so I'm also giving it a five. I really liked it a lot. There were some things that I thought, especially when we started into it, that were going to bug me more. Um, namely, the fact that these characters didn't actually die, and then it used the same ta- technique to make me think they were going to die again. But in the end, uh, the anime was better for the decisions that they made. They wound up making other scenes and the general theme uh, more impacting at the end. So I I have to give it kudos for that. Um, really, really enjoyed it. Um, I almost docked at a point because they put the word psychic, but <laughs> literally I'll let it screen. pass. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I did want to mention one thing that irked me a lot. Uh, the subtitles were very hit or miss. There were a lot of times yeah, that they... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The grammar was like really bad um, in several scenes. And there were also a lot of situations where like you would have a character that's clearly like a male commander and they would say, oh, it's them. 
And it was just really weird because in my head I was wondering, okay, um, is the person who's actually doing the localization of this, are they maybe not as good as Crunchyroll usually puts out? You know, <laughs> what happened to the usual staff? I don't know if it's Crunchyroll or if it's the studio or whatever, but that that really bugged me. But it's still not enough to take a point off. My my biggest gripe is this: the kind of they they abandoned their earlier theme for the most part, and then were a little ham fisted on their new one. They also landed it so perfectly that I I almost forgive all of that. So I'm gonna go. I'll give it a five again. It's a low five. I'm 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 teetering, but it's still a five. Enough for visual alone. The amount of artwork and just the fact that every background shot you could look at it and be like, what does that mean? <laughs> and the fact that they cared enough to put thought into it. Maybe who knows which one of us was right. I think it was Jason about the, the ants eating the fly. But just the fact that that's something to chew on. They, they had that thought to animate that for no reason. There was a scene where they're standing in front of the wheat plane and the wind going over. They're t- talking about it looking like the ocean. But here's Shin over here and literally yeah. everyone else yeah. plus Fido on the right hand side. And like they were right in the middle of him isolating himself. And it's just like, oh, oh, it's so perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, on a visual level, this is probably one of the most impressive we've seen in a while. So that was that was very much enjoyable. So definitely worth a five. All right. Our next anime is Sabuki Bisco. Uh, it is, again, just 12 episode anime. We'll be talking about it in our next episode uh if you have thoughts on 86 part one or part two feel free to reach out to us on our twitter at baka podcast or our website the anime baka club.com or leave a comment wherever you found the podcast and we'll be happy to respond and, and add you to the discussion we always like to do that and until next time i think it's time to say goodbye thanks for listening we'll see you next time sayonara <laughs>